Would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9? Hallelujah. I'm excited about the word of the Lord. I called Pastor Jim and, and talked to Pastor Jim and Pastor Shelley on the phone, and I just got... I've been um, in the full-time ministry for 37 years. My wife and I, we, we traveled with Kenneth Hagin with his ministry for 10 years, did all of his crusades. Left there and went to Birmingham, Alabama, and based out of Birmingham, Alabama, where we um, based out of Pastor Scott Webb's church, 21 years after that, uh, for that entire time, and ministered at the church and based out of that church. And the last five and a half, six years, we've been in Orlando, Florida. And uh, but I've been in full-time ministry probably since I was two. My father had a traveling ministry, and I was sitting on my lap, on my mother's lap, when I was about two years old, traveling down the roads of Florida. My father was the choir director and the worship leader for Calvary Assembly. You can see Calvary Assembly, if you go down I-4 in Orlando, if you look over your left, if you're going, you know, it, it goes south, but it's going west, if you're going southwest. And uh, you'll see the big glass building right as you go through downtown, and that's Calvary Assembly. My father was the worship director there, where they grew to 7,000 members in the 70s. My youth group had 1,000 kids in it. My pastor said we were in the middle of revival and didn't even know it. <laughs> Amazing, being in the middle of a revival, and you just didn't even know. That, you just think, well, we just thought that's how church is done. This is, this is how we do church. This is how we do life. And uh, been in the ministry for 37 years, and I'm a professional traveler. I'm a, tra I'm a pro professional visitor. So I relate to these people in the back who are visiting today. I'm a professional at it. For a living, I get to travel and go to church, to church, to church, to church, to church. And I've seen a lot of churches, and I've sat across from many pastors, from Singapore to Africa to California to New York to Europe. Bogota, Sofia, Bo uh, Bogota, Colombia, Sofia, Bulgaria. I've sat across pastors all my life, and I've heard the things that pastors talk about, the things that are on their heart, the things that they want to do for the people of their ministries, for the people of their church. And um, I've been challenged as I've uh, talked with many ministers and many pastors around the world. I've been challenged to do what Paul did in the book of Acts. As Paul traveled, he confirmed and he strengthened and edified the local church. And this is a family here. Andover Christian Center, you're a family. And you know, families uh, are an interesting dynamic because there's some highs and there's some lows. Don't say a word. You didn't have to say amen or anything. You did, really, you did really good. But, you know, every family, you know, you encounter a lot of things, and you, you stick through things, through the, the thick and the thin. And, you know, you've heard that blood's thicker than water. You know, there's something about your blood relatives. No matter how many hard times you have, there's something about your own kin, your own family line. No matter what they've done, you're going to stick together. Isn't that right? There's something, you're going to have each other's back. And a church is a family. And so I got challenged some time ago 
I wonder if people really knew why they go to the church they go to. If people knew scripturally, why do they go to church? And why do they need a pastor? And as I started asking people's questions, asking church members questions as I travel around the country, I would take the microphone and I would go, I don't have to do it today because I've already done it so many times. I already know what you're thinking. <laughs> you know, after a while, there's a certain percentage. You, you, okay, I get it. Now, I've done that over and over and over again, taking the microphone and gone through in a service, just like right this moment, taking my, and why do you go to church here? Why are you here? Do you know why you're here? Why do you go to church? And do you know you need a pastor? Why do you need a pastor? How do you know you're at the right church? All the choices that are out there, how is it possible that you would know you're at the right church? A lot of churches doing a lot of great things. How do you know you're at the right church? Have I got anybody's attention? Are you intrigued just a little bit? Well, today it's in my heart to give you how, let me ask you this. How many of you like the answer to a test before the test comes? You, how many of you like those open book tests? I, I like those open book tests where, you know, I'm going to give you the answers, and then here's the questions. It's like, I like this. You know, don't you wish they'd do that at the driver's license thing? <laughs> they give you the questions, and then here's the answers. That'd be, that'd be pretty nice, wouldn't it? I mean, how many people have been pretty nervous at a driver's test? I mean, that's, that's one of the most nervous. It's like, I don't want to feel like an idiot walking out here. You failed. You're a loser. You know, so I'm going to bless you right now. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a quick answer to the test. So here it is. Why would you be at this church, Andover Christian Center, and why would this be your family? Here's the short. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, God has set every member in the body as it pleases him. Period. Ultimately, that's the bottom line. The second part to that is this, because as I've studied the Word and spent time asking the Lord some questions and looking and seeing what the Word says, here's why the Lord would set you in this church. And this is the part that people have to have a little bit more Scripture before they're all in, and that is this. The reason why you would be at this church versus another church is because you found your pastor. The number one reason why any sheep, how many of you know we're all sheep? And we need a shepherd, we need a pastor. Every sheep needs a pastor. And I trust that after today, you're going to be more blessed and have more insight to receiving from the office of pastor than you ever have before today. Amen. It will open up your heart to receiving the anointing of that office because it's the anointing that still today destroys yokes. Right. We're not talking about eggs. <laughs> We're talking about, let, let's make it modernized. We're talking about issues. Now, please don't look around the room, but do you know anybody with issues? <laughs> I know some people with issues. Those are yokes. These are yokes that took years to form. Days, weeks, months, years. 
these yokes, these issues, are things that have held people back, kept them in bondage, limited their thinking, and kept them from receiving all that God has for them. Ephesians 1, 3 says, you've been blessed with all, all. They did a Greek and Hebrew study on the word all. Guess what they found out it means? All. <laughs> they may get some powerful revelation just then. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. But how many of you know many people's life doesn't reflect that? So how are we going to get all spiritual blessings to begin to actually be received and be manifested in our lives? What I'm talking to you about right now and for the rest of this service, I believe, is going to put you in contact and on a path to receiving the anointing so the blessing of the, this whole day is going to be about you receiving the anointing and working and operating in the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing. You know, when you come to church, have you found Matthew chapter 9? Have you found that? We better get there. Uh, my mom used to tell me this. The day that you feel the least like going to church is probably the most important day for you to go there. Because the enemy's trying to keep you from receiving a blessing. And you know what? I found out mom was pretty much right on. It's like I, I find myself just having the greatest time and having so much fun. And I, my joy was fuller than it was before. And, you know, before I just didn't even want to do anything or go anywhere. And, and now I'm going, man, I'm excited. And you think about why would the, why would the devil not want you to go to church ever? At any time. Why? Because, see, the devil knows that the yokes and the issues that people have, he has worked on for weeks and months and years on people. And the devil knows that in one service, one word, everything changes. One time I was in Florida driving my car, and I was on the way. Actually, we were, my wife and I were on a trip in Orlando. We were ministering for and at Benny Hinn's church. I don't know if you know who Benny Hinn is. My family knew his family, and we had the honor to minister there. But we were going to a couple places, and one day we were on our way to a meeting, and uh, someone slammed on the brakes in front of us, and uh, the car in front of us, they hit their brakes and rammed into the person. And I just had the thought, instead of smashing my brakes, to just get on, I saw some gravel. And so I just got my left side of the car on some gravel, and it, it just helped me get stopped. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the two cars that I just was following all bashed up. And I'm sitting there looking at that, and I'm thinking, wow, their whole life has changed. Wherever they were going, they're not going there now. Their car is not going to be usable. They're going to have to exchange insurances. They're going to have to have the auto body engine work done. They're going to, their whole life has been uprooted. They're going to be doing things, and they're going to be spending time working with adjusters and all the thought and all the time. And I'm just sitting there just observing this, and it's like I was just seeing how, how different their life is about to be just because of one bump. And the Holy Spirit spoke up just the moment I said it. He goes, if you think that's something, he goes, you ought to see what, what one bump from me will do. 
Do you remember when Mary, when the angel of the Lord appeared? I'm going to get to Matthew chapter 9 in a second. <laughs> you remember when Mary, it's your all's fault, you all prayed this. When, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and he said, you're going to have a child. He's not going to be just an ordinary child. But the extraordinary things are going to happen. And he's going to be a savior of the world. And Mary said, how would this be? How will this be? And the angel of the Lord said, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. We need the Spirit of the Lord upon us in everything we do. If you haven't figured out already in your personal walk with the Lord that without Him, you can do nothing. Now, I know you think you can do some things. Brother Keith Moore, some of you may have heard of him Tremendous minister. One time he said to the Lord, because he was ministering six hours a day, every day, at least Monday through Friday at Bible school and then different meetings after Bible school was out. He did healing school, prayer school for Brother Hagin's ministry. Went to places on the weekend. I, there's no telling how many. And he said he got to the point where he said, Lord, I can't even tell this is you anymore. It just seems like it's just me doing this. I mean, he's like a ministry machine. He said, Lord, I can't tell that it's you. Please show me that it's just not me doing it, that it's you doing it. The next day he went into work, and he, before, I mean, he could just do this. Okay, I'll start preaching healing from that. The next day he came in to, to work, to the ministry, he said he couldn't put two scriptures together. Could not. It was so bad, he, he was so disconnected from his ability, he called one of the other instructors at Raymond and said, would you come and take my place? He said, I can't put two scriptures. Something's going on. I don't know what it is. I just can't seem to pull anything together. Would you come and take my place? And, and they said, well, sure, I'll, I'll come over there and help. I'll be there this afternoon. And he goes, I'll, I'll just open up the service and do a couple worship songs because he sings and plays piano. Well, when they got started the service, he went to put his hands on the, on the piano and he couldn't form one chord. Did you hear this? Did you hear him tell? And, and you know what I'm talking about. He couldn't form one chord. That was it. He was done. It lasted three days. He could not teach, preach, play music. And all of a sudden, he had a full revelation <laughs> that everything he had been doing, it was the grace, God's grace, his empowerment to do what he was called to do. He repented and said, Lord, I got it. I, I see it. I'll never ask that. I'll never think that way again. I thank you for your grace. Boom. The, the hand of the Lord. Came, it, he went right back to ministering, playing, singing, preaching, testifying. And, he, and he's got a phenomenal ministry today. I just wanted to say that is to this morning and tonight, I believe the mission is, is to 
more securely connect you to the supply of the Spirit. That's what today is about. Get more connected and so that you'll be able to, and I just have had this phrase in rolling around in me lately, embrace the grace. The grace is available, but you have to take it. The grace for you to do what you're called to do, you have to embrace it. Say, okay, Lord, I receive that. I was talking to a, a minister. I'm going to get to Matthew chapter 9 here in a second. <laughs> Are you all there? Did you find Matthew chapter yes. 9? Yeah. I was talking to this pastor just on the phone because that's my whole life. I talk to pastors on the phone for a living. Like every day of the week, I'm pretty much on the phone with some pastor. And just in the conversation, he was talking about how he wanted to do something else in ministry. You know, he wanted to be a traveling ministry. And, and I jokingly call him the new Rama rock star because he's in a state and people have been just talking about this pastor, about how God's using him. And so I said, I got to call this guy. And so we're talking. And he was talking about how he wanted to do something else. And we were just talking about it. I thought, isn't it funny that God's got a, a blessing, an avenue, a pathway to increase and in blessing and rewards and, and enjoyment and yet, we keep finding ourselves wanting to fulfill some, something apart from the thing that God has for us. I want to encourage you to remind yourself that the Word of God says that God's ways are higher than your ways. God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts, higher than the heavens is from the earth. Now, here's what I have found out, and I've never had anyone tell me anything different. Okay? When you do what he wants, you'll be your happiest. There are people who say, well, I'm never, man, I don't want to give my heart to Jesus. He'll make me go to Africa. <laughs> How many of you have ever heard? So, I mean, when I was growing up, people go, I don't, want to, I don't want to sell out. He might make me, like, wear a grass skirt and live out in a field somewhere. Well, you know what? If that is what your calling was, when you put that grass skirt on and you get out in the field, you will never be happier than what you would be being right in the middle of the will of God. But I want to encourage you with this. You can make a decision to be there right now today. Brother, K I'm going to get to Matthew chapter 9 in just a minute. Bro Brother Copeland said to the Lord, because you know what? He kind of got a, a little bit later start. How many of you know who Kenneth Copeland is? <laughs> he was praying and said, Lord, if I could have just come into this sooner, this ministry of the, and this life of yieldedness to the Holy Spirit and understanding faith, if I could have just come into this sooner, what would my life be like? He goes, where would I be right now? And the Lord said this to him. He said, you'd be right where you are right now. Because right now, you're in my perfect will. I want to encourage you today, as we go through today, this morning and tonight, let that just speak to you. The greatest desire is to be 
willing and obedient to anything he's saying to do. Because your greatest blessing is right on the other side of that. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands and just thank the Lord? Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room that we have a listening ear, that we have a seeing eye, and we would live our lives surrendered and dedicated to your service because we do trust you and we know you are God and we're not. And so we fully surrender and commit and rededicate our lives to you today. Lord, not our will be done, but let your will be done. And Father God, I believe that as you're having us to declare that, what you're saying by the Spirit of Grace is that I shake la pota, robustiki la posa, and drosiki la padose, and you persilevate, and then they'll propose their commande. So as you embrace the grace and as you walk after me and you seek me, you will find me and you'll find my will and my plan for your life, says the Lord. And as you do, not only will you enjoy the increase and the rewards and the blessings that will come, but all those other people that are around your life will be blessed by you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! God bless you. Drive safely. I think I'm done. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Just good to be here, isn't it? Man, there's a sweet presence in here. Do you, do you like what's going on right now? Isn't it good, like Pastor said, isn't it just, a good, isn't it just good when we come together, how, how the Lord just begins to just pull us together and the world's thoughts and ways and plans get less and less important and all of a sudden... We start looking at things above. Isn't that an amazing thing? Man, I, I, just, I just have such a value, place of such a value on, on these kind of things. So, Matthew chapter 9, praise the Lord. I'm actually going to read this verse. It says this in verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel and the kingdom. Watch this. Healing every sickness, every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary. You ever felt weary? And they were scattered like sheep not having a prophet. Then he said, is that what it says? Uh, I'm sorry, I must have misread that. Let me try that one more time. He was moved with compassion on them because they were weary and they were scattered as sheep not having an evangelist. Then he said to the disciples, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm feeling a little resistance right now. <laughs> felt, felt a little resistance from you. Let me, let me, would you let me try to read this one more time? So he was moved with, Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw the sheep. They were fainting, King James says. They were weary. They were scattered as sheep not having an apostle. So then he said to, he said what? Let me see, wait a minute. You know what it does say, pastor? It says shepherd. You know what? Anytime you see the word shepherd, it means pastors. Do you know the one ministry gift or office when Jesus saw the sheep, 
and they were scattered, and they were fainting, and they were weary. The only office, Jesus, the head of the, sh the church, who is the head shepherd over shepherds. The one office, the one ministry office, he mentioned what he saw the people need, what the sheep need, was they needed a shepherd. They needed a pastor. Shepherd interprets pastor. Would you turn to Psalms chapter, Psalms the 23rd chapter. Is anybody familiar with Psalms 23? Yes. How many of you have ever read Psalms 23? Just let me, let me just say, have you ever read, read Psalms 23? Well, I want to invite you to look at Psalms 23 from a new light. And Psalms 23... <clears throat> This is a description of what will happen to a person's life who has a shepherd. I've never heard anyone else say this, but can I tell you something and just let you absorb it and see what you think about this? Jesus, he ascended on high and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he gave gifts unto men. And you know, the gifts of the Spirit are not just gifts that you like you open up at Christmas time. Gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of him. The word of knowledge is him. Word of wisdom is him. Anytime there's gifts of the spirit, like when I gave that tongue and then interpreted what I tongue and interpretation of tongues, that's a manifestation of him. That's him speaking. He wanted to move in that demonstration. It's a manifestation of him. Pastors. When he ascended, he, the Lord said in his word, he gave gifts unto men. Because Jesus could not be here yet in the flesh, he gave gifts unto men. And him being the, the great shepherd, he stood in the full measure of all the fivefold ministries. Prophet, evangelist, apostle, teacher, pastor. But when he ascended, he gave gifts and he gave offices for men to step in so that he could function to the body of Christ through those offices as a manifestation of him. I got to thinking about that, and I thought, do you know it's very possible the closest thing that you as a sheep will ever come to Jesus if he was to be on this earth as Jesus touching you, it would be your man of God or your shepherd or your pastor touching you. So when your pastor touches you, which is the under-shepherd of the great shepherd, he's an extension of an arm to you to touch you for what you need. Not Pastor Jim and Pastor Shelley's anointing, but the head of the church is ministering through them and through their hands. Many ministers went to Brother Oral Roberts right before he passed away. Many ministers, a lot of Rama graduates. We graduated from Brother Hagen's ministry. And Pastor Shelley and my wife Annie and I, we all had the privilege, what an honor it was to travel with Kenneth Hagen and Aretha Hagen themselves, as well as Pastor Ken and Lynette Hagen. And well, we wouldn't trade that for anything of our lives, would we? The things that we receive through the impartations from association is just, it's priceless to us. Just can't put a price on it. 
And uh, what was I going to say? What were we talking about? The shepherd being the closest thing to Jesus Christ. What's that? Yeah. Brother Oral. Brother Oral Roberts. Many of Raymond graduates was going to him because he was inviting people in his home. He, he wanted to pass on a legacy. He wanted to pass on the final things. He felt like the Lord was speaking to him, even though he wasn't standing behind pulpits and speaking to the, the masses. So he told everyone this. He goes, tell the people I'm coming quickly. He goes, people don't realize how quickly, how soon my return is. He said, they have no idea how soon my return is. And then he told pastors, every pastor, he goes, pastors, you need to get your hands on the people, on the sheep. He goes, the sheep need their man of God. They need the shepherd to be able to touch them and bless them, not just for healing, but for blessing. That's why tonight we're going to have a laying on of hand service. We're going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to draft these guys if they'll, Sometimes I draft pastors and they, they drift off and they go do something because something else happens. And I don't know, they might end up on the floor themselves. Who knows? But anyways, mm -hmm. I'm just saying. But we want to minister to you today. We're going to, by the laying on of hands, there's going to be impartations. Remember, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God which is in you by the what? So there were some things that had been ministered by the laying on of hands. You're not going to get my anointing by the laying on of hands. That's not how that works. But whatever you need to maximize what God's got on you can be imparted and ministered to you. The anointing can be increased to activate things and cause some things to get moving. How many of you like for some things to begin, new things to get moving? Remember, we talked about a new anointing for a new harvest. I feel like we're going to be here this morning for another couple hours. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to be here a couple are you all getting something already? What time is it? Praise the Lord. So Psalms 23, Pastor, you're kind. I, I promise you we're going to do our best to wrap this up. Psalms 23. What I, I'm inviting you to do is look at this in a new light. If you have a pastor, if you know who your pastor is, this now is some of the things that you should expect to be receiving Everybody say, I want to receive. Now, these are real spiritual things we're talking about today from offices that God puts on a person, not because of their education, because, but because of the anointing and the equipping and the office. They are an extension of the supply of the Spirit to you. So now we can read this and see what you should be receiving from your pastor if you have an open heart. And that you, you're aware, you have knowledge that this is what you should receive. What's happening? The Lord is my shepherd. Let's say this, Pastor Jim and Pastor Shelley, they're my shepherd. That's if, if this is your church, if they are your pastors, this is how you could read this. I shall not want. Your pastor will help you not be filled with want. They'll help you release faith. And by the way, can I just ask, does your pastor always teach that good when he does the offering? Yes. Is he always like that? No, seriously, he's just like that every now and then. He's not like every always time. like that. Like, like, he doesn't like always bring it like, come on. Every Are you time. serious? He always, okay, just checking. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm just sitting over there. Man, these people are blessed, man. 
hear him with authority, what he was talking about. Amen. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Folks, we're in a... Boy, I just sound like Biden. Oh, Biden, folks. That was weird. That was really weird. The Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. People are going to have heart attacks because of fear in the last days. Because nation will rise up against nation. That means ethnic groups against ethnic groups. Have we seen that or what? People's hearts are going to fail them. The Bible says if you have a pastor, refresh your soul. All that stuff that's flying around, that's coming through your TV set, through your radio, through the job place, all that stuff is trying to bid for your attention and pull away from you the awesomeness of what God wants to do through your life. It's all a smokescreen and distraction for the plan of God that he has for your life. But the Bible says if you have a pastor, hallelujah, he restores your soul, your mind, your will, and emotion. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Man, you could preach about every one of these things. You know there's the gift of righteousness, praise the Lord. How many of you know that Jesus became sin, who knew no sin, that you would become the righteousness of God? through Christ Jesus. I mean, you have been made righteous by the blood. Well, see, that's the gift of righteousness. You could not earn righteousness. Your, your life was as filthy rags, the Bible says. But he's made you righteous by the blood. He sees you not through your past failures, but through the blood that has covered you and cleansed you. Thank God for him making us righteous. But that's the gift of righteousness. But the Bible talks about in Psalms the paths of righteousness. The shepherd, your pastors, will lead you in paths. You know, there's some what I call extreme grace teaching out there. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the power of grace. Aren't we thankful? I think there was a song written about that. Amazing grace. It's amazing. But then there's some people that think you don't have to do anything. Nothing you do will keep you from receiving anything you do, good or bad. It's not about works. And so there's this, this implication that grace just covers everything and you're blessed no matter what. Doesn't matter what you do or you don't do. I call that greasy grace. It's greasy, slippery. It's not scriptural. I say that because the Bible has a lot of instructions about the paths of righteousness. And the Bible says if you walk in these paths, now this is different than the gift. The gift of righteousness, you just that's that's what you receive when you get saved. It's all him. But the paths of righteousness has more to do with you. Paths are well, 
you can see what a path, you know, I went to this beautiful sunset in, in Hawaii one time, in Kauai, Hawaii, and man, it was a small path, but there was something great on the end of that path. But there was a certain level of confidence because this path is well-traveled. It's not wide, but it's well-traveled. And if you just follow this path, you're going to see something beautiful. It's like that in our lives. He's got paths of righteousness for us. Your pastor is for you to lead you in paths that you don't go off into the jungle somewhere. If you stay on this path of righteousness, there's great blessing, rewards, and God said there are certain things he commands to come to pass for you if you walk in these paths. And that has a lot to do with our performance. Mm, that's not a really good work, word for some of those greasy gracers. They don't want to talk about performance. It's all him. No, it's a lot about all you, too. It's all him doing it, but he's given us instructions. Hallelujah. For his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Pastor will walk through you with some times that are just amazing. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table. You've got to love this. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Now, oil is just a type of the actual real, which is the Holy Spirit, which tonight we'll be ministering with the real. The Holy Spirit. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Pastor talked about a running over blessing this morning. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Aren't you glad mercy is that God will treat you better than you deserve? Yes. Wow. How many of you are glad you're not going to get what you deserve, but you're going to get better than you? Come on. That ought to get both feet and both feet. That ought to get both hands and both feet up in there. You're not going to get what you deserved. Your pastor will keep you in a position, keep helping you see that goodness and mercy will follow you every day of your life. Can't get rid of it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise the Lord. Did you get something out of that? Can you see a new light on Psalms 23? This is what we should be encountering and expecting and opening up our heart to that when we come to church, it's not about, see, you know, there's people go, you know, what time is this service over? Well, it's like, why did you even come? It's like you got all these voices that happen all the time. You know, Brother Hagin said sometimes uh, some people, Shelly, I know you, Pastor Shelly, I know you remember hearing Dad say this. He said, you know, people feed their, their selves, their stomachs, three hot meals a day and one cold snack a week in the spirit. Three hot meals a day, man. It comes to the word and the prayer time and all that. It's maybe one cold snack a week. How are you doing? It's not a bad time to take a little personal inventory. Where am I at in all that? Amen. Don't look, don't look at anybody in the room. Just, 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 keep look, just keep looking up at me. Just keep looking. Are you blessed? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians. I, um, like I said, uh, Annie and I, we traveled with Brother Hagen's ministry for 10 years. 
And in 92, the Lord said, it's time for you to go. You'll be more helpful taking what you've received and, and going out. And that's what the Hagans did for years, sending people out. There was times they didn't want to see people go. That they really liked having them. We, we learned how to help, you know. It takes time to train people to know how to help. Now that I've had employees, if I ever worked for another ministry again, I'd be so much better at it. My philosophy, my philosophy would be this if I worked for somebody else. Shut up. Do what you're asked and act really happy about it. I tell you what, if you have employees, things change. I could go back to Kinetic Ministries, I'd be a five-star employee. Because you learn some things. And uh, praise the Lord, I keep saying all kinds of things I never thought I would be, be saying this morning. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> God's so good, isn't he? We were getting ready to leave Kenneth Hagin Ministries, and um, we started in our own ministry, and we were, Annie for years ironed for Brother Hagin. After traveling all day long, she would call the Hagins up and go, hey, can I come over and iron? Well, little did my wife, she was just wanting to serve. But you know, the anointing is transferred into cloth. And so she spent a lot of hours ironing Brother Hagen's suits. Do you know that today my wife says she hears more from the Lord by the Holy Spirit when she's ironing than any other time of her life? She gets more clarity like that every time she irons. There's been several times we've had a weird day and I go, Annie, just go iron. <laughs> Just, go, just here, here, here's a suit to iron. Just go iron for a while. We'll be okay. But one time she was ironing, and we were in Birmingham, Alabama, where we spent 21 years at, where Pastor Scott Webb, who became our pastor, was at. And Annie was ironing. And the Lord said, hey, you can, start, you can stay in Tulsa if you want to, but if you want to grow, move to Birmingham and let Pastor Webb be your pastor. Wait a minute. Grow, not grow. Now, I'm going to go over this really slowly one more time. Grow, not grow. <laughs> it's like, deal, <laughs> no deal. Well, we were smart enough to go, you know what? We're, we're all about growing, not staying the way we were. So, you know what? We moved across the country from Tulsa to Birmingham for one reason is because the Lord said, Move to Birmingham if you want to grow and let this man of God, Pastor Scott Webb, be your pastor. And so we did that. Well, they were our friends. We called them Scott and Phyllis. Scott and Phyllis Webb is their names. We got there, and after several months went by, all of a sudden, every time I, I talked to him and I said, Hey, Scott, my spirit started feeling weird. In my heart, something didn't feel honorable honorable about that, calling him Scott, just his first name. I mean, I've been doing that for weeks, I mean, years, 
calling him, hey, Scott and Phyllis, it's so good to see you. And now I'm saying Scott, and it's like, ooh, something's not right. Something's not right. Do you know that whatever you call someone is what you summons on their life? You know, if you ever had to go to court and sit in front of Judge Joe Brown, for instance, he's a tough guy, isn't he? You know what I'm talking about? You know who Judge Joe Brown is? You ever watch one of those shows and you think, how are these people that stupid that they're going to get that past this judge? How many of you like being an armchair judge every now and then? You're just like, you know, and you're thinking, man, what are these people thinking? This man is going to read right through them. But you call him your judge. How, how, they, how they say it? You know, when they, your honor. Your honor, or Judge Joe Brown, they do that because they're summiting the years and years of the preparation. This, you're, you're reverencing the office so that you'll get the best results out of that man who sits in the office. And so whatever you call someone is what you place a demand on. And the Lord said, you don't need a Scott, you need a pastor. I said, yes, sir. And everything changed. He wasn't, I kind of felt like I gave up a friend. But what I gained was something so much better because I only have one pastor. I've got a lot of friends. But I have one pastor. In some cases, you may have two. Because in the case here with Pastor Jim and Shelley, they co-pastor. Maybe some, some of you may, may have not really known this, and but we don't have time to go through all the scriptures to show that God anoints women as much as he uses men. We could take the time to do that. Brother Hagen came into Annie's office one day and said, you know, God has always had a woman in the forefront to demonstrate that he doesn't just use men, that he uses women. He said, like, such as Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Simple McPherson, and Marie Woodworth Etter. These were tremendous powerhouse evangelist women. You know, the ignorance of some people to think that God couldn't use a woman powerfully. I know, I, I know some women pastors that would put seven men Rama pastors to shame. We were in a service one time, and this church that usually their praise and worship is just, I mean, just so strong. And we got in there, and it was just so-so. That pastor, that woman pastor, her name's Datha, it was Ellis at the time. She got up there, took the mic, and goes, church, be the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, they, they started praising. It's like, man, you felt it all up and down your spine. But this woman of God... The, the mantle, the anointing that she walked in, man, I'm telling you, she put several of the Raymond pastors to shame. She just carried such a strong anointing. Big stick. So it, it's so silly to think that God wouldn't use women just like he uses men. Those are just some false old traditions of men to think that God's not capable of raising up women just as strong as he uses men. I'm a, I'm a up close and personal testimony of that. What my wife's doing right now is just phenomenal. Brother Hagen laid hands on me one day and said, let the anointing that's on your wife come to the forefront. And he said, and I'll 
use you in an unusual way. Well, I've been unusual for a very long time, just let me tell you. But the reality of that is I've seen God, and I know there's more to come, but God has used me in a very unusual way over the years, and I've seen that word come to pass. But he said, let the anointing that's upon your wife come to the forefront, and I'll use you in an unusual way. Hallelujah. Man, God's presence is such a wonderful thing, isn't it? Are you enjoying this this morning? I'm just so thankful for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So the Lord said, if you want to receive your pastor, you need to call him pastor. And so I started calling him Pastor Scott. And all of a sudden, it was a game changer. The wisdom and insight, one time he said, hey, could you come to your house? I have some things to talk to you about. He had something in his heart in mind to talk to me about. We went over there and we played with them and ate together and did several things for four hours. And then I looked at Annie and I said, he hasn't said what he was going to say to us. I said, I'm not leaving here until I get what he has for me. Like we were whispering over in the corner somewhere, you know. It's <laughs> like, I'm not leaving here until he tells me what I'm over here to do. This is why we came here. And uh, finally he said, well, you guys, we're going to go to bed now. I said, I'm getting ready to walk. I said, uh, Pastor, I said, you know, you, you told me, you, you said that you wanted us to come over here because you had some things you wanted to say to us. He goes, oh, we already covered it. I thought, I just got pastored and didn't even know it. Pastors know their sheep. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says this. If you want to put that up there, brother, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, brother, sister, whoever. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul said this. He said, I want to see your face. Night and day I pray for you exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. When God anoints ministers and he anoints pastors, there's something absolutely phenomenal about pastors and sheep making eye contact. This is why I say Joel Osteen cannot be your pastor, really. You can hear a pastoral message but you can't really be pastored on the level God intended you to be pastored without a man of God seeing you because it requires eyeballs to eyeballs because here's how it works. You want to know the inside? You want to be at the round table? You want to be a fly on the wall talking amongst ministers? You want to be in the chip and dip room where all the prophets meet after the service? Here's what's revelation. The revelation is the giftings and the anointings and the offices are activated when you come in this room. When you stand or sit before your man of God, the anointings and the empowerments and the graces of the offices are activated. And when you say, Pastor Shelley or Pastor Jim, it places a demand on everything God has ever put in them. Every prayer time, every studying, 
all the years at school, all the times they prayed and they poured out their heart for God, for this ministry and for your life. When you say pastor, it says, yes, sir, I'm ready to receive. Here am I. Now, I'll tell you this. This is 100%. All of us ministers have had endless times talking with people and thinking, after we've talked to someone that needed help, thinking, wow, that was so Holy Ghost. I couldn't, that was the farthest thing on my mind. See, these guys are going, they know what I'm talking about. You know what? Can I, can I just tell you something really cool? If there was ever a doubt in my life that there really is a God and there's a heaven, this lifeline and working together with the Holy Ghost and watching him do what only God could do is enough evidence and reality to me, even if I couldn't read the Bible, to know there really is a God and heaven is real because only a God could take a simple person, a man, and fill his heart and mouth with things that absolutely answers the questions you're thinking. This isn't psychic. This is Holy Ghost. This is gifts of the Holy Ghost. These are offices that come from only him. He's the great shepherd. He's got under shepherds. Ephesians says here that you can't basically perfect yourself. And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be afraid or back off of being perfected. It says in Ephesians 4, 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some po uh, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. It's pastor's job to train you to do what you thought it was his job to do. Got a, got a, couple, got a couple people that, that kind of, you, you understood what I just said. Should I say it again? So should I say it again? It's pastor's job to train you to do what you thought it was his job to do. You get to lay hands on the sick. You can help people get filled with the Spirit. Your job is to reproduce and see more sheep. Shepherds don't produce sheep. Sheep produce sheep. It's not their job to go out and bring the harvest in. It's the sheep's job to be so excited about Jesus, number one, and what God's placed upon this ministry, if this is your church, and Pastor Jim and Shelley is your pastors, there should be enough excitement in you. Now, don't start looking at the carpet now. This is really good preaching right here. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bail on me now, all right? Come on, you've, you've done really good with me all this way up till now. Tonight, we're going we're gonna to stir it up tonight. There's some things that you haven't been carrying that after tonight's service, you're going to be thrilled and excited to be a part of the plan of God for Andover Christian Center. You're going to be more. See, if, when you have the equipment and you have revelation, then you'll be on go. All right? So no condemnation, but we got a lot of empty chairs here. We, we, we need to fill this place up. There's some people, I guarantee, when you drive home, look at the people just walking out and watering the flowers and mowing the yards, people who don't know Jesus. Just, just open up your eyes on a trip home. 
look at the people that they're disconnected. They don't have a, a place. They don't have a church family. They're not connected. The harvest is ripe. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about that tonight. But it says here, verse 13, till we all come to the unity. I'm almost done. I promise we're almost done. And to the faith and the uh, knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. You cannot perfect yourself. It requires these offices. You can't perfect yourself at a Bible study at home. I don't have time to explain that, but you need fivefold ministry gifts to perfect you. That's why God said in this passage, this is why he put the, the offices in the body of Christ, is to help equip you and to perfect you. That's what these gifts will do. They're, we're here to help perfect you. Can you say amen? amen? Now here's one thing that's cool going on, that you should no longer be children tossed to and fro, Carried about with every wind of doctrine. There's some very strange doctrines out there, let me tell you. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speak the truth in love that you may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. Now here, here's a part I want to leave you with this one thing and then we're going to go on to something else. From whom the whole body join and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. What I like about this is the whole body, it says, is joined and knitted together. Every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. Everyone say, every joint supplies. When you come to church, do you know that the person you're sitting next to could have your answer? They could have that thing that is the supply, just one word, one this, one that. They, they carry, they offer something, could be your supply. But when you bring your supply the Spirit, there's also a supply to be received. That's the beautiful thing as a family. My, my wife, Annie, she likes to talk about when she was growing up, her mom would tell her, now go, go um, vacuum the living room. Well, she didn't just go and vacuum the places where she stepped on. She, she vacuumed the whole living room because that was her assignment and that, that blesses the whole family. Anyway, did you get that? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with two more scriptures. Look what it says here in Jeremiah. Now, if you haven't gotten excited yet about you being at Andover Christian Center, if you haven't gotten excited, like had a refresher and stirred up and more excited about you receiving a supply of the Spirit from your pastors, Pastor Jim and Shelley. If you haven't, if you haven't really caught it yet, these scriptures are it. Now, we already saw Jesus said when people were scattered, fainting, and weary, he gave pastors to solve the problem so they won't be fainting, weary, and scattered. But look what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says this in verse 14. Jeremiah 3, verse 14. Return, O backsliding children. Are we on the screen? Jeremiah. It'd be great if you could see that. Jeremiah chapter 3, uh, verse 14. Return, O backsliding children, saith the Lord. For I am married unto you, and I will take you from one of a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds. What will they do? According to my heart, 
who will feed you, they'll feed you, they'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. So that's what your pastors are going to do. They're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Well, what, what good is that? Then what will happen? Then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord. Is anybody interested in the last half of this year, you increasing and you multiplying more than you ever have in the last five years? Can I see your hand? Only if you believe the Bible and you open up your heart a little bit further. Because that's when revelation, again, it's about, you know, I heard a minister say just recently, I was telling Pastor Dakar, someone said to their pastor, Pastor, I have a financial need. And he said, well, what you might need is revelation. <laughs> I have a financial need. No, you need revelation. Turn to someone and say, I think he's talking to you right now. <laughs> if you get squeaky and tight when it's offering time, you need revelation. If when it comes to offering time, it's like, oh man, I already gave it an offering. What's this going to do? Are they going to do the right things with it? it, it you, you may be yielding to a spirit of poverty and lack. You might need some revelation. Because God says he loves a what, my brother? God loves a what? I've decided this year I'm not giving in one more offering that I'm not really happy about. Because if I'm not happy, that means I'm not in faith. Because that's what the happiness part is all about. Happiness, the Bible says, in hope of eternal, or it says in Romans 15, 13, it says, uh, what does it say? Romans 15, 13 says, what's it say? Can you pull that up? Romans 15, 13. Now the God of your hope will fill you with, two, with, with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, back where you were. Now may the God of hope, the, the God of your expectation, fill you with two things, joy and peace. If you're believing God, if you're expecting God, now the God of your hope will fill you. If, you, if you're in faith and you are expecting God to do what he said, there ought to be two things that are manifested in your life, joy and peace. So you got to ask yourself, when it comes offer time, am I happy about it? Because here's the big deal. Here's the big deal. Prosperity is grace. Your future provision is the grace, the empowerment of God to do it. What activates grace is faith. And if you're peaceful and you're joyful, that's a sign you're in faith. Everyone say, I'm going to be happy. Everyone say, I'm going to stay happy. All right. Did you get that? That was all free right there. That was all free. So he'll feed you with understanding. Look at, uh, this is the last one here, Psalms, uh, Jeremiah chapter 23. We're going to end with this. I told you two more. Here's the second one. Going to end with this. 
Thank you for staying. Thank you for, thank you for being hungry today. I, I appreciate what you all have brought. That you have a supply of the Spirit. You know, there's three parts to every service. There's God's part, the minister's part, and the people's part. Three parts to every service. And what you have brought here today, I, I see the signs that you want to go with God. That's what I'm seeing. I, I can see signs. Your heart is tender towards God. You, you place a... You, you've placed a draw on the word. I tell you what, us ministers, we feel that. That's why the eye to, the eye, to eye. The eye to eye. So look, look what it says here. If you have a pastor, this is what you can expect. Verse 3. So, uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 3. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. Everyone say fruitful and increase. Fruitful and increase. Say it one more time like you're really excited about future, future uh, fruit. One more time. I'm not sure if I hear you. Fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them and they shall. Uh-oh. Watch this. Do what? You mean if you have a pastor, you won't fear anymore? And not only will you not fear, you won't be dismayed. And this part, you're going to have to really stir yourself up to really believe the Bible today. For it says, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. This would work if your heart is open to your pastor. And when I called my pastor finally, Pastor Scott, all of a sudden, it wasn't for him, it was for me to open up my heart and let that office come into me. Because as long as I looked at him as we're co-peers, you know, we both have ministries, we're both anointed, God uses me too, you know. It's like, I already know and do what I do. What, why would I not humble myself and come to get all that he has? So you know what I do? And I, I mean this. When I would get around our pastor, Pastor Scott, you can't see it, but if you could, in the spirit realm, I'm doing this. I'm taking a knee. I already know what I know. And I've only got one pastor. I need what's on you. Because what God's called me, I'm going to be facing all kinds of stuff. And God's given me things, and he's revealed things, but I need what's on you to come into me and minister to me. God said, if you have a pastor, you won't be fainting. You won't be scattered. You won't be weary. If you have a pastor, he'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. And because of that, you'll be fruitful and you will increase. And if you've opened up your heart to your pastor, not only will you be fruitful and increase, and he will multiply you, but fear will be driven out of your life and you will never be dismayed and lack will not be in your life because I'm going to keep on keeping on keeping on ministering God the power of the truth of the word of God and with the anointing every yoke will be destroyed in your life because that's what God put me in your life for hallelujah, hallelujah. you know there's going to be times in every person's life there's going to be times and challenges and tests and physical times where your body is attacked. Faith people are not exempt from attacks. 
thank God, faith people get to use what we have so wonderfully. Come on now, aren't you thankful for the word of faith and the message of victory that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? You may, it's very, very likely at some point in your life, you'll end up in a hospital, an unforeseen accident. If that was to happen, Benny Hinn's not coming to your hospital bed. You know what? I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but Kevin and Annie's not going to probably come to your hospital bed. Brother Copeland's not coming to your hospital. And he's not going to be there when you lost a job and you don't know if a better one is coming. But you might be in the worst time of your life. You might be in a hospital. And although none of these other people are going to come to your, bed, your hospital bed, I, I know a couple people that just might show up. Yeah. You know what they're going to do? They're going to be standing there, they're going to be looking at you and go, yeah, I, I know what the, the facts of the report is, but we've got inside information. <laughs> See, we know something that maybe this doctor doesn't know. And that is, he sent his word and he healed us. And I, I'm here to tell you, you're not stuck. This is not your end. I'm your man, I'm your woman of God. God sent me in your life. And he's put an, an anointing on me to minister to you. And you're coming out of here. You're not stuck. This is not the way it ends. The anointing on me is to help you and drive that out, and you're getting raised up today. Amen. We might not see it happen in the next couple hours, but I'll tell you what, we've got testimonies all around the world where people that have their man of God show up, and I mean the glory of God comes in, the anointing manifests, and just because they've got a connection to their man, their woman of God, God's able to just flood in there. And you know what? It's not a good time to try to be Mr. Faith Giant when you're at your worst. There's times we need each other. That's the reason why the power of agreement is in the Bible. Can I do something? Absolutely. Just, it, I can't even tell you today what an honor it will be for me to do this right now. I want to introduce someone to you. I happen to have a couple friends that happen to be in this room, but way more important than they just happen to be my friends. They just happen to be two amazing people in God that just happen to have been sent to Andover. They just happen to be your pastors. And I want to introduce in a new way, maybe this should have been done a long time ago, so that our hearts can receive the full potential of what they have. But today, if you believe the Bible, if you believe what you've heard today, if you believe the truth, the reality of what God has so beautifully set up, I want to introduce to you some amazing people. They're the ones that's going to stand with you through thick and thin. They have spent hours and hours and hours praying for you. 
and spent hours when you didn't know it laboring physically in this building. They're the ones that are going to keep you from being weary because God has put them in your life. And if today you can acknowledge it, so much more is on the way. But if today, if you can honor with me, because it's an honor for me to do this, because the Bible says, those that honor me, I will honor. We have an opportunity to honor today, and by doing so, we're honoring the Lord. We're not exalting men today. We're exalting the office and having reverence for the wonderful way that God has set up things to be a blessing to our lives. So we're going to honor God today. Would you please honor my friends, Pastor Jim, Pastor Shelley. Would you do that right now? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. If they're your pastors, you can expect a whole lot more than you ever had received before. So Pastor Jim, Shelley, please come up. And I, I, on their behalf, I want to say thank you. For All right. I know you mean that. Thank you for all the time you spent on their behalf. I want to, because I know all of you would probably like to take a microphone and say, this is what you did for me and my family. I remember this. I remember that. I remember that, that server that came in here. Man, I was down, and man, I just so got lifted up. When Pastor Shelley got up and sang and led us in the presence of the Lord, and man, I left, and it was like a whole new day. So thank you guys for all the time in the Word, your investment in the time of the Spirit, for praying for everybody, for all the times you've been there late at night talking to people on the phone, going to hospitals, marrying people, burying people. I don't know what all of you have had to do, but if you're anything like any other pastor, you've done the full gamut of things. On their behalf, I just want to say thank you for what you've done for the kingdom. Praise the Lord. God bless you.